It's time, Fort Wayne. Your sports, your station. It's the Sports Rush with Brett Rook. Covering all the topics that hit a nerve here in the Summit City. Only on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Now here's your host, Brett Rump. The greatest, most interesting, most important Buckle up, we're heading home on a Tuesday. It is the Sports Rush, your daily local sports fix, four to six. Brett Rump with Adam Lundy, and we've got you connected on the Parkview Sports Medicine text line at 46862. Coming up this hour, Dustin DePirac joins us in just a few minutes. Also on the way, Timcast President Mike Nutter before we wrap things up about six o'clock. And then I'll be at the Holiday Inn, Purdue-Fort Wayne, for the Mastodons Coaches Show. Tonight, we've got men's basketball coach John Kaufman, women's basketball coach Maria Marcasano, and men's volleyball coach Rock Parat as our guest. And then after the Mastodons Coaches Show, we send it right to Boston. And the Pacers and the Boston Celtics. Park the car and have yeah, it. Yeah, gotta go to Boston. Uh, so it'll be uh, Pacers Boston tonight right here on the radio. Coming up tomorrow, Purdue Northwestern, which means we've got an abbreviated show. Oh, no. Did you know that? I did. You did? I did know that we were abbreviated tomorrow. Got to make way for those Boilermakers, man. Yeah, I mean, occasionally they don't include me on memos. but (laughs) So we are going to be done at 5.30 tomorrow to turn it over to the Purdue Radio Network with Rob Blackman and company as the Boilermakers look for some revenge against the Northwestern Wildcats. Uh, Now, is tonight's Indiana game a Peacock broadcast? I'll check for you here. Is tomorrow's Purdue game a Peacock? I always wonder which games are Peacock. Uh, in which games can we actually watch? <laughs> Get so tired of this Peacock stuff. 46862, if you'd like to win tickets to see the Mastodons take on Milwaukee, you can text Mastodons to 46862. You've got to spell it correctly, but you can text it right now, Mastodons to 46862. We've got about another 40 minutes or so before we will uh, pick one entry to be our winner today of four tickets in the suites at the Mastodons game on Thursday night against Milwaukee. Indiana, Iowa tonight on uh, Big Ten Network, and it's the same for Purdue Northwestern tomorrow. Big Ten Network. Big Ten Network. Uh, Actually be able to watch some (laughs) some, uh, Indiana versus, or not Indiana versus Purdue, but Indiana and Purdue. Tonight, Indiana takes on Iowa. Your favorite coach. Oh, yeah. Fran, well, I'm getting to a point where I'm starting to wonder which one, Fran or Woodson. <laughs> yeah, they, they both I have haven't their, uh... exactly been uh, complimentary of Mike Woodson this year. No, but you've never liked Mr. Fran. No, I'm just, uh, I'm just annoyed by his behavior. Fair it's, enough. It's so childish, you know? I mean, at some point, you got to grow up and grow out of that behavior. It's a little unbecoming. Yeah, very much. 
But uh, Iowa at Indiana tonight, if you'd like to listen to the Hoosiers, I don't know who has the call. Does Don Fisher have a voice? Will John Herrick have to fill in? Uh, the drama continues yeah. tonight Stay tuned on our sister out. station. Whoa, whoa, 92.3 FM, exclusively on 92.3 FM. Whoa, whoa. All right, so we've got to play some Tuesday Time Capsule Trivia. You know, I've I, what's my record, Adam? You you can see it up there. Yeah, you're sitting at uh, 67-14. And last week, I let Chris Lambert from Christopher James Menswear fill in, and all he did was win it last week. I knew the answer, but I couldn't blurt it out. But Christopher James, uh, or Chris Lambert from Christopher James, did win it last week. So as a as a show, we are on a streak. But if you'd like to be today's contestant on Tuesday Time Capsule Trivia, now's the time to call us at 260-447-8500. That's 260-447-8500. And we'll play some Tuesday Time Capsule Trivia, get you fixed up with a large pizza, two pizza hut. By the way, Big week this week for the Mastodons. If you like women's basketball, they got a big one tomorrow night against Cleveland State. That's at the Gates Center. Then we mentioned the Milwaukee game for men's basketball on Thursday at the Coliseum. Volleyball takes over Friday, Saturday night at the Gates Center. And Saturday night, it's Penn State coming in to Fort Wayne to take on uh, the volleyball squad. And on Saturday, women will be hosting IUPUI. And on Sunday at the Gates Center, men will host Youngtown State, Youngstown State. So it is a busy week, homecoming week on campus for the Mastodons. All right, it's time to play some Tuesday Time Caps Trivia. Let's get right to the phone line and find out who we've got for today's contestant. Who's this? Kent. Kent, how are you? I'm doing well. Feeling uh, lucky. Uh, I hope so, because I whooped you last time. Yeah, well. <laughs> Didn't I? It's probably. <laughs> probably. <laughs> All right. Well, I can. Uh, you know how the game works, right? I do. Don't have to spend time on the rules, Adam. Roll. It's time for Tuesday Time Capsule Trivia on the Sports Rush. Just a quick reminder, though, that all five of these events all happen in the same calendar year, but he will give them to us one at a time. All right, Adam. All right. Clue number one. In this year's World Figure Skating Championships, your ladies' champion was Yuka Sato of Japan. All right, uh, Kent, up to you. You can play or pass on clue number one. What would you like to do? Oh, I'm going to let you guess first. <clears throat> All right, so uh, I believe Sato would have been 1996. Now it is up to you, Kent. I will say 1986. All right, clue number two. This will be Kent first. This year's men's floorball European Cup championship team was Balrog IK out of Stockholm, Sweden, Kent. Floorball? Floorball. 93. All right, I uh, can't. Uh, I can't. I have no idea on floorball. <laughs> not a floorball expert. No, I have I, no idea on floorball. I'm not even sure what floorball is. Not really. Ball on the floor. I'll go with 1998. All right, no floorball experts today. Going on to clue number three. We're going to minor league baseball. This will be Brett first. 
The Indianapolis Indians won the American Association Championship in this year, Brett. Um, I will say 2008. Two thousand four. All right, going to clue number four. This will be Kent first. We're going to the Major League Baseball now. A labor strike by MLB players results in the premature termination of the season and the cancellation of the World Series in this year. Nineteen ninety four. Uh, you got it, Kent. Way to go, Kent. Oh, Brett's depressed. Yeah, you know, uh, I got paid back for getting a little cocky with Kent at uh, the beginning. You, it happens. Yeah, he uh, he got it. <laughs> congrats, Kent. Yep, congrats, Kent. What? Thank you very much. You are, what, the 15th winner in the history of Tuesday Time Capsule Trivia. You do have to stay on the line, though. We'll have to get some info from you to make sure to get you that large pizza to Pizza Hut. Thanks for playing. All right. Thank you very much. Yeah, just made his day, I can tell. Uh, congratulations to Kent, today's winner on Tuesday Time Capsule Trivia. Coming up next, we got Dustin Dupirac to join us, maybe cheer me up a bit. This is Purdue Fort Wayne men's basketball coach John Galton, and you're listening to The Sports Rush with Brett Rump on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Go Dons! Welcome back to the Sports Rush, your daily local sports fix, 4 to 6. I am Brett Rump, along with Adam Lundy. We've got you connected on our Parkview Sports Medicine text line at 46862. And don't forget today's keyword, Mastodons. That's all you have to do is text Mastodons with a correct spelling. That's the test part. You know, that's the challenge. You have to spell Mastodons correctly. And then you, because see, we, if you don't spell it correctly, we can't believe you're a real fan. And you're going to go to the game. Need those two O's. Now you're giving it away. Ah, uh, that's all. That's all I'm gonna say. One A, two O's. What are you talking about? Uh, Mastodons. Text it to us four six eight six two, and you could win the four pack of tickets to sit in the suites for the Mastodons taking on Milwaukee coming up Thursday night at the Coliseum. All right. So tonight, Pacers back in action on the road. They're in Beantown, Boston, home of the Tea Party. And uh, also home to the Boston Celtics. That is the task at hand for the Indiana Pacers tonight. Dustin Dupirak joins us right now on our guest line. And uh, Dustin, this team has had to survive a couple of stints without Tyrese Halliburton. And I'll tell you what, they've they've held their own. What's been the key to this team playing well when they're missing their superstar? Well, it, it obviously helps to get another superstar. <laughs> or at least one that's uh, at least close to that. Um, you know, it, it, to that category in Pascal Siakam, obviously that's just totally, uh, you know, reconfigured uh, the entire roster. They certainly have a guy that's been all NBA twice, been an All Star twice. Um, you know, I wouldn't put him at Halliburton's level right now, but I mean, he is definitely, I think, one of the top twenty-five or thirty players in the league, and just really fit exactly what they needed. Um, it was like the, the sort of obvious hole in the roster. They had some guys who could play power forward, but they could really use a guy with a lot of length that could really defend that position. Um, they could get his own shot. They could score, you know, a lot of points. Be a true second option uh, when Halliburton comes back. And Siakam is really that guy. I mean, he's a guy that handles it a, a lot better than most guys his size. 
really good passer, you know, really solid mid-range game, can hit the occasional three, get to the rim and whatnot. Um, and that sort of changed everything for them. I think that defensively they've gotten so much better just because they can move things around so their matchups make sense. And Aaron D. Smith has been really punching above his weight uh, a lot, uh, basically frequently guarding sort of bigger power forwards where he's given four or five inches and 30, 40 pounds, and he's, you know, fighting as hard as he can, and he's losing those battles. You get to Yakum, and you're kind of more evenly matched at the four, and he gets to guard a three or a two or somebody like that, um, and he has a better chance of winning those matchups. So that they've gotten better defensively because Siakam makes all the um, uh, make, makes all the matchups work. Um, and, you know, offensively, again, you, you've got, you know, sort of a, a pretty close to top-level score that you insert in there. Uh, and a lot of other guys that have been able to put the ball in the bucket all year. I mean, they've, they've you know, even before the trade, they had eight guys averaging double figures. Uh, they're really, you know, still really good at sharing the basketball and, and, you know, playing with a lot of pace. So that's the strength that has remained. I mean, even if you take Halliburton out there, they still got Nemhard and, and McConnell, who uh, don't have his capacity as a shooter and a scorer, uh, but can still push the, the pace and, and find guys and, and run that offense keep it as fast as it can go. Um, so they've just sort of maintained, I think, their overall philosophy of how they want to play. Uh, you know, got a lot of guys involved, but also it, it really helps when you have uh, an all-star that you can add in there in the middle uh, that, that kind of changes your franchise, you know, while you're dealing with that kind of an injury. You know, Dustin, before the season, one thing I said was I wasn't sure if the Pacers were ready to compete for a championship because I thought they had a roster that was very talented, had some really good players, but I wasn't sure they had the superstar. Well, I've put that to rest. I now believe they have their superstar, but I still think they've got a deep, talented roster. In some ways, I think that depth is making them more difficult to prepare for, especially with the absence of Halliburton, because you've got so many different guys. Jalen Smith stepped up, hit some big shots the other day. Ben Matherin mm-hmm. has stepped up and hit some big shots. It's not just Ben Siakam coming in and replacing Halliburton. It's been other guys that have had their moments. Yeah, no, absolutely, and it's been like that all year. I mean, they've had, you know, like, obviously matchups, you know, a lot of times indicate, but, uh, I mean, basically, they they can usually get 10 to 15 for just about everybody. I mean, they really have, there's there's not a lot of guys that run out there that can't really play, that can't really put the ball in the bucket, you know, at their position uh, and do what their job requires. Um, You know, basically, like you mentioned Jalen Smith. I mean, Isaiah Jackson, I thought, had a really good game uh, against Memphis with Miles Turner out with with, uh, uh, some back spasms. Turner has been pretty solid. He had, I think, a rough one against Phoenix. Um, on, I think it was on Friday night, but I mean, generally he's been, you know, really steady. He hasn't necessarily, and if, I think you, you, you kind of hoped, hoped for him to be that number two guy and he hasn't necessarily got there, but he's, he's given you steady work, uh, all year. I think he's only had two year, two, three games a season where he's been held to single digit scoring. He's been solid. Matherin has had some off games, but he's also had some really, really good ones. Was, was excellent, uh, against Memphis, uh, on Sunday that he was really important in that win. You know, T.J. McConnell has, has given you some really good work even before they traded him. Bruce Brown uh, gave you some really good minutes. Uh, Obi Toppin, I think, has done what he was brought in to do. He's not a great defender, um, but, I mean, he gets you know out in transition, dunks the ball. I mean, he's, he's making like 70-some percent uh, of his two-point shots, and he's started to shoot a, a lot better from three as well. Um, so, yeah, just about everybody on the floor can beat you scoring the basketball, can get you enough. Not not many of them can get you 20, but they can all get you 10 to 15 on a given night, and if you stack six or seven of those guys, and that's what they're getting, um, you know, putting the ball in the bucket, then, you know, you, you, you always are going to have a real shot at winning a basketball game. And so that's that's what they've done. They've, they've got just a lot of good players, and you've got to pay attention to everybody. I mean, even Buddy Heald has had a, um, you know, he's had some slumps this season, but when he gets rolling, he's a guy that can hit five or six threes in a night. So uh, all, all of those guys are guys you've got to pay attention to, and that spreads you out of the defense. 
One of the challenges Pacers have had is their defense. Is this team improving defensively? Dramatically. Uh, I mean, and they're, they're not a top 10 defense. They're probably not even a top 15 defense. But, I mean, if you look at um, their numbers since they, you know, even before they got Siakam and they made the move to put Jalen Smith in the starting lineup and move Neesmith uh, from, you know, the four to the three and move him to the starting lineup as well. Uh, since then, their, their numbers defensively have been a lot better. Uh, I've got to pull them up to look at kind of the scores. I mean, you, you were looking at a lot of 130s, 140s. Mm-hmm. They were given up before then. Uh, you know, really since, you know, since December 26, you don't see nearly as many of those. Uh, you've got a couple, uh, you know, I think they've, they've held teams under 110 three times. They hadn't done it all year before then. Um, you know, they, you know, held Memphis to 110, held a really good 76 team to 122. And I know 122 is still a lot, but I mean, that's Philly with Joel Embiid. That's pretty good work. Uh, you know, Denver 114, Phoenix 117. Um, uh, you know, Denver 117 in, in the previous matchup, Atlanta 108, Washington 104. Uh, it's, it's a lot better. I mean, you, you only have, I think, one, you know, a couple 130, you know, point games, uh, over that entire stretch. And I think it's Boston, um, and Phillip and, uh, Phoenix that have them. Um, so they, and, and, and Milwaukee. So they've, they, they've given up, you know, when they've given up 130, it's been the pretty good teams. I think Utah was the other one when they were missing everybody when Brown was out, Neesmith was out. They, they had Nemhart defending. Lori Market and, and you, you just don't have a chance there. Um, but they've, they've gotten dramatically better. And Siakam's a big piece of it. Again, the matchups make sense now. And, and that's, I think, what they were really missing out on is, is they were playing, you know, ultimately playing smaller. They didn't have somebody who was really built to defend uh, the bigger power forwards that are still skilled. I mean, the Giannis's, the LeBron's, the Paolo Bancaro's, the Carl Anthony Townsend's, the big guys that can also step out and shoot threes and beat you off the bounce. Uh, you know, they're, they're obviously special players. They're free players. There are not, not too many of them like that. Um, but Siakam is the guy who has the body to, to defend those kind of guys. He's got real, real length of seven, three wingspan, uh, and good lateral quickness can keep a lot of those guys in front of him. And so that just gives them a chance in that matchup. Uh, and so it even things out a lot. So they've gotten a lot better. I mean, I think it, it, they, they needed a piece. I mean, they needed that exact piece to really get better. And they were doing pretty well before him in the previous couple of weeks. But I think they needed a guy like him to, to make the defense really make sense. You know, Dusty, you've got to explain something to me. Because around the NBA, we're seeing scoring uh, exploding. And individual scoring is exploding. What's changed in the NBA? What You know, in baseball... When this happened and everything started to become more offense, it was either the baseball was juiced or the players were juiced. What's going on in basketball? Yeah, I mean it's it's been a it's, you know, and the thing is, Rick Carlisle gets this question a lot, and it's kind of fun to get the answer from him because he's certainly seen all of it. I mean, you remember his Pacers teams and and, and you know even Pistons teams in the early two thousands and the kind of basketball they played back then. Uh, you know, obviously it's. It, looks like a different sport right now and, and so what carlisle will tell you and, I, and i've seen this sort of uh uh what's the word i'm looking for dissertation uh you know many times basically when he's been asked about it you know he takes it back to you know jerry colangelo had a working group you know when it when it seemed like it was getting just too brutal too slow and and too boring um basically they made all kinds of rule changes you know in terms of defense in three seconds and uh you know in terms of you know hand checking and fouls and everything like that just trying to space the game out just trying to reward uh to reward spacing and just to to make it easier for people to score and since then you know that sort of sparked um i think kind of a revolution and you you've seen just the way that kids are schooled and everything like that i mean like it, it i'm sure it drives everybody crazy all the way down to see you know centers 
uh, taking threes, but I mean, it's, it's basically trying to provide everybody who touches the floor, uh, the skills to make a three point shot, the skills to handle the ball in the open floor. Um, you know, make sure even the bigger guys can do that. And so now you're seeing guys like Joel Embiid are reliable three point shooters. Nikola Jokic is a reliable three point shooter and he's practically a point guard. Um, so you start there when you know, some of those guys, some of those bigs, um, can go get their own shots. Uh, you know, not just post somebody up and wait for the ball or screen and roll or anything like that. They can legitimately bring the ball up and create off the bounce, create their own, you know, their own jumpers and hit them. Um, you know, that changes the game dramatically. And then so you just have, you know, the guards are capable of pulling up from wherever. I mean, guys, you know, uh, Steph Curry, Tyrese Halliburton can hit from 35, 40 feet. And so again, you just, so much has gone into developing offensive skill and, and the game has, um, made a point to showcase offensive skill. So, I mean, you can look at it um, as juiced in a manner of speaking, um, but nobody's on drugs and there's no, uh, you know, the there's the basketball isn't in any way, I mean, I don't know. There's magnets in the ball. They got magnets in the ball. ball. It's it's just, these guys are that good now. I mean, they really are. You watch them up close, and and certainly, as you know, I mean, I covered college basketball for a long time before uh, moving on to the Pacers beat last year. My God, it is just dramatically different. Um, The speed, the skill, the talent, um, it's just at such a higher level, and it's almost hard to watch. Not hard to watch, but, you know, watching the college game looks like it's on, you know, slow motion compared to when you see these guys. They're just incredible. Well, and I think you brought up one point that I think is worth reemphasizing, and that is all the talent with bigs that can step outside because they're taking Mm -hmm. a defender with them. And when you take a big man away from the basket, you no longer have a rim protector. And so guys are free to drive to the basket and finish, uh, where Mm -hmm. before there'd always be help defense down there. And so, yeah, maybe it's the change of the dynamic and the player profiles and the fact that there's no true post players anymore. I mean, very few, a couple around the league, but they don't see a lot of court time. But that does make sense. I got to ask about Tyrese Halliburton. Do you know what his status is for tonight? Not yet, not specifically. We got to talk to him yesterday. Um, You know, he said basically he he felt pretty good. He felt pretty optimistic about playing and then – he would, uh, you know, basically get a better sense when he woke up in the morning. And they didn't have a shoot around today, so I haven't been able to talk to him. But he certainly doesn't call me to tell me how he feels when he wakes up in the morning. Um, so, uh, you know, I will, uh, I'll, I'll be over there at uh, 5.30 press conference. Well, pre- uh, Rick's press conference will be at 6, so then that's when you'll uh, get the final word there. But he's still listed, he's listed as questionable on the uh, injury report, which obviously, you know, suggests that he's not out. He's been out for uh, every game since Portland. Um, so, you know, it certainly, you know, suggests there's a chance nothing's happened that's, you know, made them decide that they should take him out, uh, at this point. Uh, TJ McConnell's out. He's apparently sick. Um, but he's, that's the only one on the list right now. So, um, it, it, I would think he's got a good chance. He certainly seemed optimistic yesterday. You know, obviously, I think they, they, they realize they have to be careful. I mean, they, they refuse to use the word setback, uh, or re-injury or anything like that. They're very careful with how they're talking about this, but, you know, Halliburton acknowledged that, uh, his body didn't react uh, the way that he wanted to after he played in that Portland game. Um, he certainly was kind of uh, stiff walking out of there. So uh, I think they're certainly thinking that they've got to be careful. Obviously, the other pieces we report, you know, we talked about um, in you know a story today is that he's got to be concerned about his um, his contract. Uh, basically, if he makes All NBA, um, you know, that's an extra fifty four million dollars over the life of his contract, and he needs to play sixty five games to make All NBA, uh, and he's got a chance. 
So I think uh, you know that's something that obviously has got to be in the back of his mind too. But um, at the end of the day, he's going to be careful. He's not going to try to put himself in a position to get uh, re-hurt. And, and hamstrings obviously are tricky. Things can go wrong. Um, you know, even when you think you're healthy, uh, you can mess him up. So I think that's you know he's certainly got a lot to consider uh, today in terms of when he comes back or not. Do the Pacers match up better with Boston with Siakam in the in the lineup? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I think, um, you know, you, you can put him on Tatum. Um, and I know that Aaron Neesmith did a pretty good job of battling Tatum, um, you know, in those games. And they've, they've, they've beaten the Celtics. But, I mean, I think Siakam gives you a guy who's got more length there. I mean, Tatum is going to have to deal with him um, as much as uh, he has to deal with Tatum. And so that's, you know, big when you've got a, a real answer um, for one of their top players. And then you kind of go down the line. So that gives, um, you know, Jalen Brown's a tough, you know, a tough, tough player. Um, but, you know, he's going to get guarded by Aaron Neesmith, and, and, you know, Neesmith can even him up, and Neesmith is very motivated in these games. Uh, you know, as, as a guy that uh, was traded from Boston, didn't get to play there very much, you know, especially when he's taking on Brown and Tatum, he is very motivated to, you know, basically show them what they're missing, and obviously he is aware, and we talked about this, that, you know, like, he was never going to get a chance because those guys are that good, and he acknowledges that, but, I mean, still, uh, it means something to him when he plays Boston, so he is going to be tough against Tatum, and so everything else down the line, um, you know, makes sense. I mean, I think, you, you know, you've got Turner on Porzingis, you've got, um, you know, I think... Porzingis going to be in, on. Dustin, I don't want to interrupt, but Porzingis going to be in tonight, he's kind of, listen, it's game time. I session. haven't seen, that's a really good question. Um, I, I hadn't looked at the interview report because they hadn't filed it yet um, as of the last time I checked, so I have to look at that. But, but yeah, I mean, basically, where are we at here? Is that the 130? What's the 130? Good question. Oh, here it is. Uh, yeah, he's questionable. I don't know. So left ankle sprain, so not totally sure. Obviously, Al, Al Horford's out. Certainly, um, you know, cuts down their, um, you know, uh, their depth dramatically. Right. That's, that's definitely an issue. And Luke Cornett is doubtful, so they're going to have to dig pretty deep. Uh, to get a big guy out there, and it could be a real, you know, a good night for Mouse Turner. So this is a game they got a shot at, um, you know, absolutely. I mean, I think, and they've beaten Boston before, as good as Boston is. You know, they're probably the best team in the league. Uh, they've got, a, you know, they know they've got a chance. Yep, and uh, Boston even better when they play at home, but they might be shorthanded. But the Pacers mm-hmm. might be shorthanded too. Hey, uh, appreciate yep. it, Dustin. Great stuff. Great stuff today. Really appreciate you jumping on with us. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. Yep, that is Dustin Dupirak from the Indy Star joining us to talk Pacers basketball tonight. The Pacers take on the Boston Celtics. And you can listen to the game right here at 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. We'll join coverage at 7 p.m. right after the Mastodon's Coaches Show. Got to take a time out. We're going to come back. We've got Tin Cows President Mike Nutter joining us to talk about the new coaching staff invading Parkview Field come April. And we'll talk about that next, right here on the Sports Rush, 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Welcome back to the Sports Rush, your daily local sports fix, 4 to 6. Brett Rump with Adam Lundy. It is your last chance to win those Mastodons tickets. Remember, you got to text Mastodons to 46862. The word Mastodons to 46862. And we will randomly select one winner from all our entries that we receive coming up in just a couple of minutes. And you'll get four tickets to the Sweet Seats. That's S-U-I-T-E Seats at the Coliseum for Thursday night's game. Mastodons versus Milwaukee. A big, big Horizon League contest. Well, today we got a chance to look forward to better weather. Spring, summer. Well, let's hope it's better. Sometimes it's not. But let's hope. (laughs) We can always keep our fingers crossed. But uh, we had a chance to find out. Who's going to be managing and coaching the Tin Caps this summer? 
and some new names on the list. But one guy who's still around, hanging out downtown at Parkview Fields, joining us right now on the Sports Rush guest line. It is Tincast President Mike Nutter. Good afternoon, Mike. Hey, it's great to be on with you. Thank you very much. It's an exciting <laughs> day for us. And uh, kind of look outside and you think, yeah, this could be March or April in Fort Wayne. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> We've had some days like this. All right, so... Let's talk about the the big announcement. And, be, and before we talk about the the manager for this upcoming season, I, I want to go back because I think we can all agree that Jonathan Matthews was fantastic here in in the year that he was leading uh, this team on the field uh, in the clubhouse. And and the thing about about Johnny was he uh, he, he took different players and just kept winning with them i mean it was almost like they were handicapped the organization was handicapping him to see okay let's see how good you are if i give you this group and it's nothing against the guys but all those promotions mike and they just kept coming all year long and all jonathan matthews did was get the team into the playoffs and uh and he was great on the air with us each week um i, I just want to look back and just say what an outstanding year under jonathan matthews I couldn't agree more. I honestly feel like it was one of the best managerial jobs I've ever seen. I'm not just saying that. I mean, it was crazy. We started off with some of the best prospects and talent of the year and went, you know, 6 and 20 or whatever it was in April where we obviously started slow. A bunch of sports cliches, but he didn't panic and neither did the guys. They knew they were good. We just started off poorly. And he had them in there the whole time. And he did an amazing job. He's my friend. I wouldn't be surprised if he's back in the dugout someday um, in the future as a manager of ours. Uh, he loved it here. We loved him. As recently as a few weeks ago, uh, I thought he was going to be our manager again, and I don't mean that in any negative way at all. I am so happy for Johnny. He got promoted. He's the roving hitting instructor for the entire organization. You know, he was set to come back. And, again, no negativity, no complaint at all, because we'll talk about Mike Daly and his amazing resume here in a minute. But there was a couple of last-minute changes with the Padres' major league staff. And Mike McCoy, who was one of the roving minor league guys and another one of the ones, got promoted all the way up to the big leagues. And that's the goal of these people. They're up there now with Brian Esposito, our manager from two years ago. And when that happened, I thought to myself, I wonder, selfishly, this is going to be selfish, I wonder if that cost me Johnny. I wonder if that cost us Johnny. And and it did, but we're happy. John's son is a freshman at Iowa and playing baseball there. And as a roving instructor, you get to get home. It's a handful of days each month where in the regular season as a manager, you do not. And so his son's name is Merrick. He'll have a chance to follow in Adam Mazur's footsteps on the Iowa Hawkeyes, which is a really cool thing. And so... It's really neat, and again, we'll see him in here this year when he's roving to see our players and club. We loved him. We will miss him, but clean slate for Mike Daly, a guy that we've started to get to know over the last couple of years. All right, so let's talk about Mike Daly because, uh, you know, here's one of my thoughts, and I, I just want your opinion or for you to uh, to set me straight, but you look at a guy who has filled in when some managers have taken time off during the summer. Every uh, The Padres have been great about giving managers a week break during a, a difficult summer stretch. And, uh, and and a guy that really has most of his background in front office. And so I, I just wonder, 
because of what the, the situation you just mentioned. Is this Mike Daly stepping in because they didn't have anybody else lined up, or was this the plan before you really knew it? Great question. I honestly believe he really, 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 that's three of them there, wanted to manage last year. At one point it came up that he might have been our skipper last year. In the end, we ended up with our buddy Johnny Matthews. And so, no, he has wanted to get into the dugout. I asked him that they definitely had a lot of options, definitely. And Mike genuinely wanted to get in the dugout. Listen, it's unique. It's quirky. It's weird, but I don't mean it. None of those are meant to kind of say negative or, you know, like crazy. But it's the Padres do stuff differently than so many teams. And I said to him, what are you looking forward to? And he said, my entire career, I've been in scouting and player development. And he wears the uniform when he came to visit us last year. And he's down in the dugout and he's there all day and stuff. And he said, I just want to see what it's like. On the day-to-day, I don't know that he's going to manage one year and go back to the other. I don't know whether he's going to manage five years and be great. Like, I don't know any of that. But I genuinely think they're just trying to learn more and figure more stuff out, whether that's a competitive advantage or something like that. It's it's going to be interesting. And so right before you called me, Keith Winter just stopped in and said, man, I just got a call from Mike. They know each other. And he said it was so great. He reached out, and how can I best communicate with you and those kinds of things? One day I talked to him. He snuck into town last week when we thought this might be the case. He showed up with two pages of notes and questions. He wants to represent the Padres and himself very well here. And it was, um, you know, one of the traits that have been great with managers you've worked with before and things like that. And I was asking stuff like, you know, not, not in the negative, but why do you want to do this? And, <laughs> hey, man, he was a player at LSU, and I think he won two national titles under Skip Bertman, one of the five best college coaches of all time. Yeah. So he came up as a player, got all the way as high as the assistant general manager with the Texas Rangers, ran their minor leagues, has been the assistant running the entire Padres minor leagues for a long time. And he asked A.J. Preller, Get me, can I get in the dugout? Get me in the dugout. I want to be with these guys. And so we're welcoming him with open arms, and, and we'll see when he gets here. It's not a conventional path to being a, no, a no, single-A manager. It's conventional at all. <laughs> Some people might look at it as a demotion, and let's make clear, that's not what this is. Like, he had his job to maintain in the, you know, in the front office for sure. He's been an international scout. He's worn the uniform as a player. He's run minor leagues. He's been an assistant GM. He helped design the Texas Rangers ballpark. This is not conventional at all. Mike Nutter joining us here on the Sports Rush guest line. Let's talk about uh, some of the rest of the staff. How familiar are you with uh, the, the rest of the coaching staff that's coming in? So, the, you know, we keep, we keep referencing Johnny Matthews, and we don't make sure Mike Daly gets his due, but Johnny texted me immediately and said, man, you're going to love Eshelman and Morris. So Jed Morris was here a couple years ago uh, just roving and filling in towards the end of the year. Loved him as a person, young guy. I think he's from the state of Pennsylvania and recently moved his family out to Arizona. Great. And then he said, you guys are going to hit it off with Eshelman. You're going to love it. 
Um, and so Johnny's endorsement, my buddy Todd Stevenson that runs the operations for the Padres, they cannot speak higher of these guys as people first and then coaches and development. So that's great. Pozo is the extra coach. He was an extra coach here a couple years ago, and then he played for us. We absolutely love him. He relates so well to the young Latin guys. That is his role, and, and they love him. He physically looks like he can still go out there and play. We're excited about that. And then something that the people listening don't understand that is a big deal for us is some of the support staff. And so Lauren Gottschall as the trainer coming back is big. The trainer at our level does all the team travel, all the hotel stuff, all the busing stuff, a lot of the logistics along with John Nolan. And to have her back is great. And then the strength and conditioning coach Chandler's coming back. We loved him. That kind of stuff helps because we, when you're looking at, hey, it's a new manager, and you're starting over in some aspects. It's our fourth manager in four years, which isn't ideal. But at the same time, Johnny got promoted. The Padres are doing this, and we're looking forward to it. The uh, you know, I noticed when you round out the staff, there's a performance analyst and video. Is that has that been the case in recent years? Has there always been two Good. positions? Great question. Just last year and this year, and so there's somebody doing. All the video work, so that one sounds exactly like it is. Uh, that's a new employee that we have not met yet. And then the sports science, Greg Bender, has been with us the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. He is breaking down. It's almost like a hybrid scouting and, like, tracking all these newfound measurables and stats throughout the game, and they're all splicing up video. And the day we're facing this pitcher from, say, the Great Lakes Loons, when the guys are getting ready in the batting cages, they're watching that video, you know, while it's going on and sending all these measurables out to the Padres with this is our pitcher's spin rate and all this kind of stuff. Brett, man, when we started, we thought we had the biggest coaching room ever <laughs> as the coach's office, not the manager's. Like, how could we possibly fill all these lockers? And now it's, you know, Mike Daly, the manager's got his own office, but then next to us, the hitting coach, the pitching coach, the strength and conditioning, the trainer, the sports science, the video, the bench coach, all that kind of stuff. And so we're out of lockers already. And so I actually said to Mike when he was in town last week, I said, um, what, you, what are you thinking on some of this stuff? And he said, listen, I, I can't wait to manage but it's also staff development. He said, I'll talk to the media every night we lose. He said, I'll talk to them whenever we win, too. But if we have a great hitting performance, Jed Morris needs to get out there and get in front of the camera and, and do that kind of stuff. And if we throw a shutout, maybe Ashelman's the one talking that day because these are young coaches that have a chance to work their way mm-hmm. up to the big leagues. And he said, you know, I want to develop the players like we always have and the staff. And he, you know, so I said, well, something is just as, as minor, or maybe it's not minor, as going out to coach third. He said, oh, I'm sure I'll coach third multiple days a week. I love that kind of stuff. But we also want to develop Jed and these others, and and so Mm. it'll be a unique thing. You said it. I think the fair word is, I was saying unique and different stuff. I think unconventional. But make no mistake, they had other candidates, and he is very, very interested in doing that. 
I uh, got to ask about the new surface out there, Parkview Field. Have we had enough rain now over the last couple of weeks that we've yeah. tested the field out? Yeah, man, I, we've had plenty of rain. <laughs> I think normally it comes in the form of snow. I don't know that there is a sun anymore. I think home. it's been crazy. Oh man, the field looks so good. Actually, Keith Winter and I were together last night for something, and he said, "I wonder on the players that come back." You know, obviously, it is so much better. Uh, but he said, I wonder what kind of feedback we'll get. And so it's been great. Obviously, it's dormant now, but it's been so warm. You know, you hate to take the victory lap now because the way it works is Mother Nature will probably bless us with a blizzard on about March <laughs> 31st when the team's flying in. Uh, all right, got to ask you real quick. Uh, game tickets, uh, when do they go on sale? What's What's next? Yeah, so you nailed it. That is next, and it's next week. And uh, it's, I believe, the 8th. could be the 8th or 9th, and tickets are going on sale, and we are so excited. We launched, and I was on with you and some of the other shows and stuff, the promotional schedule mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff that we're really, really excited about. And so the ticket on sale date is coming up. We're back to doing it in person or over the phone if people want to do it, obviously, that way. And coming out for the free breakfast and all those sorts of things. And so really, really, really exciting um, time of the year. Obviously, like you said, when we started this, the weather's not the best (laughs) and all those kinds of things, but there's a lot of stuff to start to look forward to, and tickets going on sale is a part of that. Anybody that's out there that thinks, what about season tickets or groups, that kind of stuff is already happening, and we'll be having fans out here in about 10 days or so and kicking it off and getting rolling. Mike, there's been plenty of years where I've come out to that Parkview Field open house a week before uh, the season starts, and it's snowing. And by the time you come out for baseball, there's beautiful weather. So, you know, Mother Nature is a baseball fan also. So we're going to count on some nice weather. She was last year. She made us look good (laughs) with some of those numbers with only two rain outs and that kind of thing. Uh, No doubt. Mike, appreciate you. It's a great day to be a Tin Cap fan as the Tin Caps get their their roster of uh, coaches and managers, personnel that will be here this summer. And we can't wait to uh, get the season started. Appreciate it, my man. Thank you. Bye-bye. That is Mike Nutter, Tincast president, joining us here on the Sports Rush. We'll take a quick timeout and wrap it up next. It's the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Back final time here on the Sports Rush, your daily local sports fix, 4 to 6. Brett Rump, Adam Lundy. And coming up tonight, i got to jump on the chopper. i got to get to the Holiday Inn Purdue-Fort Wayne out on the north side of town right across from the Memorial Coliseum. It is the Mastodon's Coaches Show Men's basketball coach John Kaufman, women's basketball coach Maria Marcasano, both coming off victories. We'll also talk to men's volleyball coach Brock Parat. We'll get uh, his take on what happened with Hawaii because it really wasn't about beating Hawaii last week. It was about getting a measurement, a gauge of where your program's at against one of the real elite programs. I mean, one of the top three or four programs in the country. And so we'll talk to Rock uh, on the show tonight as well. But that is from 6 to 7, the Mastodon's Coaches Show, broadcasting live from the Mastodon's Grill in the Holiday Inn, Purdue-Fort Wayne, across from the Coliseum. Then at 7 o'clock, it is Pacers basketball in Boston against the Celtics, two of the best teams in the East, head-to-head, squaring off. And we've got you covered starting at 7 o'clock right here 
on the radio. That will do it for us. Big thanks to our guests that appeared on the show. Dustin DePirac from the Indy Star. Also, big thanks to TeamCast President Mike Nutter. Back tomorrow, Hump Day edition of the Sports Rush. Join us, won't you? On 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. <laughs>